the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we are underway on a Tuesday. It's the 16th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2021 and coming up on the program today in an hour. We will talk with the brilliant Peter Kersenow. Pete's got a lot of thoughts on a lot of issues and we're going to talk to him about what's going on in Kenosha which we will talk about as our lead story of the uh, and subject of the monologue coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, Peter Kersenow is uh, all over the story in Kenosha. He is all over the Biden administration, the Brandon administration, and the signing of the Build Back Better infrastructure bill. Now, this isn't the big bad boy. This isn't the full Megillah. This isn't the Build Back Better social infrastructure bill which is just filled with Green New Deal uh, uh, wish list items and so forth. But the infrastructure bill that's only 10% infrastructure and 90% Democrat crap, we are going to talk uh, about what that means. By the way, Biden seems to be genuinely thrilled about it. He thinks everything's good. We're going to go along. Headline in the Washington Post today, Democrats to continue on path. They learned nothing, which I love, from Virginia. They learned nothing. Remember when I came on the air the morning after the Virginia governor's race? And I declared what a massive victory it was for Virginia, certainly, uh, you know, for uh, Youngkin to win that election or to stop Terry McAuliffe. But I said the bigger picture here is now the Democrats are going to have to abandon their entire platform because the entire platform was on the ballot in Virginia. Remember, Barack Obama went to Virginia to defend and support Terry McAuliffe. Joe Biden went to Virginia to defend and support Terry McAuliffe and the platform and the agenda. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris went to Virginia to support and defend Terry McAuliffe and the platform and the agenda. And the blue state of Virginia turned against them. The blue state of Virginia turned against all of it. 
And I came on the air telling you what a big signal, or rather a big sea change that this signaled. Because now the platform, which has just been rejected by blue voters in a blue state, is going to have to change if they have any hope whatsoever of winning and keeping their majority, their very, very slim majority in the House, and their non-majority in the Senate. That's right. They don't have a majority. It's 50-50. Only Kamala Harris breaks the ties. We know the deal. But I said, after that resounding defeat, they're going to have to change things. And lo and behold, the Democrats give us an early Christmas gift. We're not changing anything. Democrats to keep on course. And the opinion piece in the, uh, in the Washington Post from Henry Olson is just terrific. Democrats remain clueless on how to prepare for the midterms. They're going to double down on what beat them in Virginia. They're going to double down and, uh, and stay on that course for the, the, the next 11 months. I think it's wonderful. It's a glorious thing. It's a thank you moment. It's a Christmas in November moment that the Democrats have no earthly idea. So we're going to talk to Kirsten now about all of that stuff coming up Excuse me, at uh, uh, 1010 this morning. So before then... We have plenty of open phone line time for you at 216-901-0945, I'll tell you what I want to talk to you about on the phone lines here in just a minute. But you save those numbers, put them in your phone, 216-901-0945, or 888-281-1110, and we will get you up and on the radio. But not until we start our day, as we always do, by asking you to rise. If you are a patriot, please rise. If you have a flag nearby, face it. If you don't, that's okay. Put your hand on your heart and join us as we pledge our allegiance to this great republic. Liberals, Biden voters, build back better people. Uh, people ready to burn Kenosha down when Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. Uh, you can go ahead and take your knee. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all all right uh yeah I'm gonna start with Kenosha I just brought it up and I'm gonna bring it up now if you have been watching well first of all let me say this in case you don't know there are 5,000 National Guard troops standing by in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They are at the ready. They've been ordered there by Wisconsin's governor because of the fact that the jury is getting the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse case this morning. In fact, they have it, and they should be in deliberations now or on their way there very shortly. So the jury is going to deliberate, and they have put 5,000 National Guard troops on standby. And I would just like to ask you, why that would be. Do you think that the governor has put guard troops at the ready because they believe that supporters of Kyle Rittenhouse and his defense, his self-defense theory, are going to riot, smash, loot, and burn Kenosha to the ground the way that uh, the city was treated after uh, the, the Jacob Blake shooting? Do you think that the Kenosha, Nash, or excuse me, the Wisconsin National Guard are there to stop Rittenhouse supporters from burning the city down if Kyle Rittenhouse is convicted? Or B, do you think the guard troops are on by because they know and the governor knows what violent leftist anarchists do whenever they have a reason to 
or whenever they need to manufacture a reason to, that violent leftist anarchists with BLM and with Antifa will riot and smash and destroy and vandalize and attack and loot and burn the city to the ground if Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. Which one of those two things do you think is the most likely? I'm going to go out on a limb limb here and answer it for us and tell you that I'm pretty positive that it's going to be B. You see, when verdicts of high-profile cases don't go the way of people who believe in the rule of law, we may grump, we may yell, we may argue, we may express our frustrations with one another, but people who believe in the rule of law don't smash and destroy when court cases don't go the way we want them to. For example, when O.J. Simpson, who brutally decapitated two people, virtually, it was very, very close to full decapitation. We won't rehash what happened in 1994 about exactly how it was done. But when O.J. Simpson brutally murdered his ex-wife and her friend, Uh, And that trial became a flashpoint, a racial flashpoint in this country, because black America saw this as O.J. Simpson going on trial as kind of being payback for what happened with the Rodney King trial a few years earlier, 1991-1992. Black America largely still outraged by what happened in the Rodney King case in which the police officers were acquitted in the Rodney King case, saw O.J. Simpson going on trial for murder and beating, potentially beating the murder charges despite mountains, mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of evidence. All of the evidence pointing at O.J. Simpson. All of it thanks to some tricky legal maneuvering by the O.J. Simpson defense team. The only way, of course, he he was able to beat that murder charge. But largely black America saw this as good. We got away with killing white people. One of ours got away with killing white people. This makes up for Rodney King. Now, this is not my narrative. This was a, a huge narrative at the time and in the years gone by. So the point being, did... Defenders of law and order riot after O.J. Simpson was acquitted? No. We grumped. We shook our heads. We couldn't believe it. We, 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 we wondered what's going to happen next. We were angry. We were saddened. We cried for the victims who would never get justice. But nobody burned things to the ground because we didn't like the outcome of the O.J. Simpson trial. Which, by the way... 20-plus years later now, what is it, 95-ish, yeah, uh, uh, um, <laughs> there are still no new leads in the O.J. Simpson trial. You see, that's one of the things, just to kind of go off on a little tangent here. That's kind of one of the things that lets you know whether justice was done or not in a case like that. If O.J. Simpson didn't do it, says a jury, then clearly they should be continuing to investigate to find who did do it. And the reason they aren't is because literally every single path that every F investigator that has ever even looked at Los Angeles has ever gone down has led them back to O.J. Simpson. But not to digress too far from that. The point is we didn't burn things down. 
It's the left that burns things down. It's people who do not believe in law and order, people who believe that vigilantism, not the style of which they accused Kyle Rittenhouse of participating in, but what they believe is the best way to get justice or the best way to overturn a miscarriage of justice is to destroy businesses and livelihoods and attack people in the very neighborhood that they are professing to love. 5,000 guard troops are not on standby because Kyle Rittenhouse might be convicted. They're on standby because Kyle Rittenhouse will likely be acquitted. And those who don't believe in law and order believe that's the best way to handle law and order. Now, that case, by the way, is one of the most embarrassing displays. If you have been watching it with any you know closeness whatsoever, if you've been paying attention... The prosecution in this case has been so extraordinarily inept, so incredibly, wildly um, misguided. They have put witness after witness up to attempt to convict Kyle Rittenhouse, who who, who end up uh, making the case for Kyle Rittenhouse's acquittal. And in the closing arguments yesterday, the district attorney prosecuting the case because the real district attorney, people don't know this either, Assistant DA Thomas Binger, who is handling this case, was only handling this case because the actual district attorney saw what a loser it was, that it should not even have been brought, knew it could not be won, and passed it off to him, did not want to be uh, the lawyer who, the prosecutor who gets his, his rear end handed to him in this case. So he handed it to Binger. This attorney, Tom, or this uh, prosecutor, Thomas Binger, because Binger was too stupid to say no. I don't want to prosecute it either. They were too stupid to drop the charges because they knew doggone well they had no evidence whatsoever to support charges of murder against Kyle Rittenhouse, particularly first degree. They knew full well he was the kid who was running and fleeing and was defending himself, but they prosecuted it anyway because this guy's too stupid not to. And what we watched over the course of this uh, you know, week-plus trial and then the closing arguments yesterday was one of the most pathetic displays of lawyering that I think I have ever seen. And I like court drama. I, I do. I watch, I watch some things from time to time. I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about real-life situations like this. And I'm telling you, this has been one of the most pathetic attempts to prosecute a case that had absolutely no business being prosecuted whatsoever that I've ever seen. And that legal scholars, people with law degrees, much, much more um, knowledgeable about the inner workings of a courtroom than I, have all said as well. Thomas Binger tried to close his case yesterday by proclaiming that the rioters that did what I told you, that smashed, that looted, that destroyed, that attacked, that vandalized, and and that started fires, that burned Kenosha, that business di- district of Kenosha to the ground. This wildly, out of his lane, assistant D- district attorney Thomas Binger called those people heroes. They're heroes. I've got some audio that I'm going to share with you after the break here that you're going to want to hear that is going to just blow your mind, if not 
you know, outrage you. Quite frankly, I, my mind was blown as I watched all of this, and I've been outraged as I've listened to it again and again and again. But I'm going to share it with you because there's a bigger picture here than one young kid's life. 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, he's now 18, 17 last year when this all went down. He is on trial for his life. And what happens at the outcome of this is going to have a very, very serious impact on what happens to you and the rest of yours. And you might think that's a little bit overstated. It's not. For if self-defense is not on display in this case, none of us will ever have a right to defend ourselves again. And I'll explain with audio from the trial and from the closing arguments yesterday, right after this. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. All right, as we dive into this a little deeper now at 924... couple of things number one uh, i just got a different report that they're saying there's 500 not 5,000 troops uh national guard troops standing by in kenosha uh i did hear a television report today that said 5,000 that may have been a misspeak because now i do see in other news reporting they're saying 500 not 5,000 so to be clear um whether it's 500 or 5,000 they have been activated but i heard two different reports but now the ones i'm looking at say 500 not hugely relevant to the point. The point is, why are National Guardsmen being deployed? And the reason why they're being being deployed is because of threats of violence and threats of vandalism and threats of arson that are always in play uh, whenever cases like this come up. Now, the really interesting part about this, before I get into that attorney and the most ridiculous job of prosecuting a case that shouldn't have been prosecuted that I've ever seen, Can you tell me and explain to me why there is a racial element to any of this? I would like for somebody to explain that part to me. There are people on Twitter who are talking about, um, in fact, let me, I I don't know if I still have it up at the moment, but um, who literally are saying that, (laughs) this is going to sound insane, and it is insane. That's why it's going to sound insane. It is insane. Literally suggesting that if you are an employer, you should consider, and you have African-American employees, you should consider giving them the next couple of days off if Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted because it's going to be too much to expect them to work. It's going to be very hard for them. I'm not making that up. This is on Twitter. This is why I quit Twitter. Now I don't, I'm not on Twitter. I read about Twitter, and I read stories that include things that have been tweeted uh, from prominent people. And this is one of them. They're literally saying that African Americans are going to be just really, really upset if Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. And why is that important? It's important because the media has done such a pathetic job of bringing facts out in this case that there is a significant portion of people in this country that think that Kyle Rittenhouse shot two African Americans. Because it was a BLM rally and an Antifa rally riot, there are people who think that Kyle Rittenhouse shot two black men, or three black men, and killed two of them. I mean, that, that's how insane this is. That's how, that's how pathetic the prosecution has been. That's how pathetic, pathetic the media has been. Everyone involved in this situation in Kenosha was white. 
Kyle Rittenhouse, who was being attacked, is white. Joseph Rosenbaum, who was attacking him, was white. The other two who chased him and attacked him, including beating him with a uh, skateboard over the head, they're white. This is a case of white on white uh, self-defense. Not, not. I won't call it white on white crime because there was no crime here committed by Kyle Rittenhouse. The crime was committed by the other white people in the case, and yet somehow. Hollywood, the media, and um, uh, the left are saying that this is going to be awfully traumatic for African Americans if this white kid is acquitted, who shot two other white kid or uh, three other white people, and um, and killed two of them. Somehow, some way, they managed to bring race into every element of this. And I guess because, well, it was a BLM riot, you know, and so therefore they were rioting on behalf of Jason uh, 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 Blake. And so, therefore, anybody who came there to get in the way of that riot on behalf of a black man is a racist. Joe Biden branded himself, declared Kyle Rittenhouse to be a white supremacist last year. Right after the right after the incident happened, he had already decided Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty as of being murder, a murderer, and that Kyle Rittenhouse did so because he's a white supremacist. Killed three white people because he's a white supremacist. How exactly does that work? Well, here we are 12 months later, and we still don't know. More than 12 months. Nobody knows. But what we do know is that Thomas Binger has decided that the people who were rioting, that Kyle Rittenhouse went to Kenosha, and by the way, there's another element to this that people need to know as we cover this story. People say, why did he leave his home in in uh, uh, Illinois to drive to Wisconsin? Uh, he's not even a Wisconsin resident. Why is he going over there to stick his nose in this? Clearly, he went there just to cause trouble and to kill people. He has a mom who lives in Illinois. He has a dad who lives in Kenosha. They're 20 miles apart. He went to Kenosha because that's just as much his town as his town in Illinois is. Kyle Rittenhouse's father is a Kenosha resident. Kyle Rittenhouse went to Kenosha with a medical kit with the intention of providing aid to people who were going to get hurt in these riots. He went there to fight fires. He went there and was spent most of the day scrubbing graffiti off of buildings that had been targeted. And yes, he went there with a gun in case he had to defend himself. He was right at every turn. The the crowd that he went there to try to minimize the damage from, the prosecutor calls heroes. The kid who went there to help people, the prosecutor is calling a murderer. Um, I'm going to give you some of that audio here, and I'm going to take your phone calls right after the news, I promise, on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 936, we continue on AM 1420. The answer, if you're on hold, stay there, I promise you, but I do want to get you the, this most important information. I've talked to you about the importance of the Rittenhouse verdict 
and what it means to you going forward, what it means to all of us, particularly those of us who are gun owners, those of us who are concealed carry holders as well. First, let's, first let's listen to uh, District Attorney, Assistant District Attorney Thomas uh, Binger, who apparently graduated from the Lionel Hutz School of Law. The situation is the crowd have perfect knowledge. When they're told that person running up the street just shot someone, we don't have time in the moment to go back and take a look at the body and replay the video and make a decision before going after the person with the gun. You know, we've had several police officers testify that in an active shooter situation, their first instinct, their first training is to go in and stop the threat. They don't sit there and wonder, well, maybe it was self-defense. I don't know. I'm going to, you know, let, wait and see. And I'm going to pause there just to, again, destroy this unimaginable idiot almost line by line. Active shooter. Um, no one, no one, no one is trained to run directly at an active shooter and to chase him down. In active shooter situations, drills are actually conducted in schools and in buildings and in in, uh, 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 places of employment. Drills are actually conducted on how to hide and how to protect and how to barricade against an active shooter. So already this guy just sounds like a blithering idiot. Now, I will give him credit for that. If you're going to be an idiot, you might as well go full blithering. And he does. Every day we read about heroes that stop active shooters. That's what was going on here. And that crowd was right. And that crowd was full of heroes. That crowd did something that, honestly, I'm not sure I would have had the courage to do. If I see a guy running up the street with an AR-15 and I hear he just shot somebody... So he is calling a group of rioters who were attacking, unprovoked, a kid who was trying to help people put out fires, erase graffiti, scrub clean, and tend to people who needed medical assistance. He's calling those people who attacked him heroes. And that, and that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was, a, was an active shooter. And that what Kyle Rittenhouse, the active shooter, should have done was put his hands in the air and surrendered. Because he is the one who provoked the violence in the first place. Again. Convince you that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. Did you know that? Did you know that you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed person? Did you also know that there are more people beaten to death with fists and feet every year in the United States of America than there are who are killed by AR-15s or so-called assault rifles? But you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed person, we're told. By the way, never mind the fact that two of the three individuals who ended up being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse were armed. One of them was armed with a skateboard and was beating him with it. Another one was armed with a pistol, who admitted in open court that he pointed that gun at Kyle Rittenhouse before he was shot. 
Two of the three were armed. The one that wasn't was the one that kicked him and beat him and then chased him to continue the beating until Kyle Rittenhouse turned around and shot him to stop that attack. Lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. Wait, I want you to hear that, that comment in full. Unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who bought the, brought the gun. So I said to you earlier in the broadcast, the outcome of this case is going to have a direct impact on you, particularly if you are a concealed carry holder, and this is what I'm talking about. Did you know that if you take your concealed carry weapon with you into a pu- public place, you cannot use said weapon to defend yourself. You take it for the purposes of defense, but you cannot use it to defend yourself because you brought a gun. So if somebody is attacking you, you better just fight back with your fists because if you use the gun that you brought, you are now the aggressor. Self-defense is out the window if you brought a gun. This is what this assistant district attorney said. You know, I, I jokingly say that he had to have graduated from the Lionel Hutt School of Law, but I don't think I'm far off. I move for a bad court thingy. You mean a mistrial? Yeah. That's why you're the judge and I'm the law-talking guy. The lawyer. Right. That is pretty much Thomas Binger. When you're the one creating the dam- danger, when you're the one provoking other people. The defendant fired four shots at Joseph Rosenbaum and caused five wounds total. And the only thing I think that stopped him from shooting six was probably a matter of time. And if you are being attacked by by a child uh, 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 rapist, by the way, uh, uh, a predator, a pedophile, and he is relentlessly attacking you, I would shoot him as many times as I had to to make sure that that attack stopped. But let's continue. More from Lionel Hutzbinger. He just happens to stumble into it. So what does he do that night? Oh, let me tell you all the awful things Joseph Rosenbaum did. He tipped over a porta potty that had no one in it. He swung a chain. He lit a metal garbage dumpster on fire. Oh, and there's this empty wooden flatbed trailer that they pulled out in the middle of the road and they tipped it over to stop some bearcats and they lit it on fire. Oh, and he said some bad words. He said the N-word. Mr. Hutz, in his closing argument against Kyle Rittenhouse, just in an attempt to make one of the individuals who attacked Kyle Rittenhouse sound sympathetic, sound like a sympathetic shooting victim, just reminded the jury of all of the crimes that that guy had just committed. He just said, so... My guy, my, my, my Joseph Rosenbaum, the, the victim here, whose life was taken cruelly by the active shooter Kyle Rittenhouse. All he did was commit vandalism, arson, attempted assault with a deadly weapon, and more vandalism while screaming the N-word. Can you believe Kyle Rittenhouse shot him? He just reminded the jury of what a scumbag criminal this guy was. And, by the way... The only element of race that was ever introduced into this entire case was introduced by Rosenbaum, one of the attackers and chasers of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was screaming the N-word all over the place at a BLM riot. Not Kyle Rittenhouse. Joseph Rosenbaum. 
And Lionel Hutz Binger actually thought that this would help make the victim in the shooting look sympathetic and make Kyle Rittenhouse look like an evil, deranged, wild man. The defense for Kyle Rittenhouse in the closing argument yesterday sought to respond to at least part of Binger's insanity. Actually, before I give you that, let me give you a little bit more on Binger's, Binger's insanity. Here's Lionel Hutt saying that what Kyle Rittenhouse should have done after he shot uh, Joseph Rosenbaum was to just surrender himself to the crowd. Put his hand up and surrender himself to the violent crowd that was threatening to kill him, that was chasing him with an intent to hurt him, to beat him, and possibly to kill him. Listen. So at this point, the crowd is dealing with what they perceive to be an active shooter. Someone who has just shot someone, who is still in possession of the gun, who is fleeing the scene, and how are we supposed to know where he's going next? You know, all night that night, the crowd has been hearing the sound of gunshots, they've been hearing fireworks, firecrackers, but now someone actually has been shot. The crowd sees the defendant running with a gun, he's lying to them, he still has the gun, he's shot someone, this is provocation to them. This is someone who has committed a criminal act and is putting people in danger. It is entirely reasonable for that crowd to believe at that moment that he is a threat to kill again. So I'm going to I'm going to again point out the obvious for Mr. Hutz here. He is saying that the crowd knew that this was a killer and an active shooter and they had a right to believe that he still posed a serious threat. And that's why they chased him. That's why they chased him, because that's what you do with an active shooter. You run in his direction, not the opposite direction, not hiding or barricading. You run and chase him. He wants you to believe that this crowd of quote-unquote heroes, meaning the riotous, rioting, felonious uh, scumbags that are a part of Antifa and BLM and burning and destroying things, and attacking people like Kyle Rittenhouse, that they believe Kyle Rittenhouse to be a threat, and that's why they did the right thing by chasing this threat. Think about just the, what, the, the complete insanity of, of what he is arguing, but it's not over. The defendant could have made it unequivocally clear what he was doing. He could have stayed at Mr. Rosenbaum's body, helped protect him, helped preserve his life, call 911. As he's running, he could have announced to the crowd exactly what he was doing told them. He could have fired warning shots to try and tell, keep him away. He could have dropped the gun. He could have raised his hands and surrender. He should have stopped as he's being chased by a violent crowd that has already committed violence, many of them against him, and surrendered himself to the crowd. This was the defense's response to that. This active shooter BS is something that Mr. Binger is trying to sell you people. Has he shot anybody since Car Source 3? No, he hasn't. He's running to try and get to the police. Mr. Binger must live in fairy tale land to think that Kyle could stop, put his gun down, and say, hey, everything's good, leave me alone, I'm going to the police. Unfortunately, that's not how the real world works. Especially not when they have made their intention undeniably clear they were coming to kill kyle rittenhouse to beat him either to kill him or to beat him to within an inch of his life 
And Thomas Binger, the district attorney, wants the jury, which is now going to be going into two deliberations this morning, wants you to believe that Kyle Rittenhouse, who ran from a violent crowd and shot only as he was being attacked, one, by having a gun pointed at his head, two, by being beaten over the head with a skateboard, and three, by being kicked and then pursued by somebody who was violently attacking him, that he's the, he's the aggressor, that this is not self-defense, that heroes rose up in the middle of that riot to stop this menacing 17-year-old white supremacist murderer. My friends, and I'm, I'm going to repeat it, if this self-defense case does not go in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse, this country is in very serious jeopardy. If you are a concealed carry permit holder, you are going to have to think twice about ever taking your gun anywhere, even for the purposes of self-defense. If you are being attacked and you attack back, you are now going to be seen as the aggressor and you are going to be seen as the, uh, as the perpetrator of the crime. I'm telling you, precedence being set in law is, is, is a, as old as, as the law itself. This would be a precedent that would be cited in future cases where criminals attack victims, victims fight back, and victims go on trial for their lives. This will be the case that is cited. Wisconsin versus Rittenhouse, 2021, they'll say. Proof that the law allows victims to be prosecuted of violent attackers if they turn around and attack back. That is how insane this is. And oh, by the way, one other note on the racial element of this. Yesterday, at the press secretary, Peppermint Patty Saki, who's back in the chair now, or back at the podium after her COVID uh, bout, which, of course, she was vaccinated against, so she couldn't get COVID because the vaccines work, right? She's back, and she was asked how and why it is that President Joe Biden called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist for the incident in which he shot three white people who were attacking him. What basis is there for that? Listen. Why did President Biden suggest that Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Kenosha is a white supremacist? So, Peter, what I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, What I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time, Peppermint Patty. Now, is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, what I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities. with No vigilantes patrolling our communities. That's the first thing that the president speaks out against, is perceived vigilantes patrolling the communities. Not the rioters, not the arson, not the looting, the vandalism, the assaulting. Nope. The vigilantes patrolling the communities. Can't have those first. What else, Peppermint? With assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests. Opportunists corrupting peaceful protests. Opportunists. Corrupting peaceful protests. 
Have you seen the videos from Kenosha? Kyle Rittenhouse didn't set the fires that burned down half of that entire uh, 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 community. Kyle Rittenhouse actually tried to put out fires. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't smash windows. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't spray paint BLM messages. Kyle Rittenhouse tried to scrub those messages off of buildings. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't attack people. Kyle Rittenhouse tried to tend to people who had been attacked. And Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself when he himself was one of the attackers. And the Brandon administration sends Peppermint Patty Saki out before the media to say the president doesn't have any thoughts on why he called Kyle Rittenhouse, a white supremacist, for a case in which Kyle is white and the people that he shot are white. But the president doesn't like vigilantes patrolling neighborhoods with with assault weapons, and he doesn't like opportunists infiltrating peaceful protests. Peaceful protests. Patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. By rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. Kyle Rittenhouse rioted, not the rioters. Kyle Rittenhouse burned things down, not the arsonists. This is this is the state of the country. When the leader of the country, out of his dementia-addled mind, has no earthly idea how to remove his, his wrinkled foot from his false teeth, cannot stop jamming that thing in his mouth, sends an, uh, an abject idiot out to talk to the press to make things worse. That's where we are. And that's why Let's Go Brandon continues to be a theme and a repeated message for the administration of the United States of America. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Blank Joe Biden. We'll be right back. Okay, it's 9.57. Thanks for being with us. Uh, let me just uh, get a call or two in here before the top of the hour. Um, Roger is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Roger, go right ahead. Hi, thanks, Bob. And, you know, I was a prosecutor in Cuyahoga County uh, for 21 years, and five of that with the city of Cleveland. And uh, granted, most of my uh, homicide cases were um, uh, kind of a garden variety shoot-and-run, uh, street murders, drug house invasions, but... I'm sensitive to the prosecutor's point of view on this. And uh, Rittenhouse, what, what I've been troubled by, while I agree with 99% of what comes out from our friends on 1420, and you included, it is, uh, it's troubling to me to be surrounding and uh, sort of cel- trying to celebrate Kyle Rittenhouse as any sort of a hero. And, you know, look, he is a seven-year-old kid that... I don't think he is a hero, to be clear with you, Roger. I don't think he's a hero. Yeah. I think he is a, I think he is an innocent person who defended himself. He defended himself okay. literally well, on, let me, on the I, scene, what I want to do is push back on the narrative his, a little bit. Trial. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to push back on the narrative a little bit, because I think if, you know, from Fox News to 1420, you know, all of the affiliates and Salem and, you know, everybody that's got a conservative voice... Whoever's speaking up and sort of cheering uh, Kyle, if we would take a step back and say, if we have, if we would have, you know, 
uh, done better to uh, would it we have done better to ignore uh, this case a little more and not give it the attention and allow the left to come in and create a counter narrative for a kid that um, he's got no training for one he wasn't over there to protect any business that from what I understand that was identified as a business that he knew or that owners of a business knew you know that he was he doesn't have to be I mean, he, he doesn't have to be no why I, are I you questioning that, hold on hold I, on hold on hold on why are you questioning yeah. his presence in that in that in that um uh, that area during oh, this, this tell, riot, but that not that not the hold on hold on but not the, not question the the felons who were there who were attacking and the felons oh, that I were there starting fires. Them. I, I absolutely question but them. But you're they saying Kyle you know, Rittenhouse shouldn't have been there. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Are, are, let me ask you this, because I don't have a ton of time here. You just heard this district attorney say that yep, sure self-defense self-defense is out the window when you bring a gun, and you uh, yeah, should right. defend yourself you with your fists. Did you listen to the rest of his comments? I heard yes, the rest I did. of his comments. And he yes, said I you did. Started, you, have, you can't take these comments in isolation. You have to listen to the whole closing argument. He's weaving together a narrative for that jury, okay? I've done that a hundred times. I had a hundred juries. A trials. narrative that is based, yeah. Well, 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 guess what? A narrative okay. that was based so you, on falsehoods. You hold on, you're t- hold on, no, like no, no, hold on. You're telling me, you're telling me that if someone is beating me and, and literally beating me, I don't care if it's with fists or a skateboard or something else, and I have a gun on me that I am legally allowed to possess, I have to allow him to beat me unless I can stop him no, with my own fists. I'm allowed to shoot him. I'm allowed to shoot him, right? Allowed I'm allowed to shoot, to shoot him. him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank yes. you. Case closed. I appreciate yes. your phone call. It's I'm I'm stunned by this kind of this kind of mindset where people like this guy, who just like Thomas Lionel Hutzbinger, says that Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been there. He had no business there. That's uh, you know hey, that's not his. His father lives in Kenosha. He knows the people of Kenosha. He knows the businesses there. He didn't have to identify a business, Roger, that he was there to protect. He was there to protect people and to try to to try to clean up the graffiti to put out the fires. He brought a gun to protect himself in the event that as it turned out he was prescient in the event that he is going to be attacked for his attempted good deeds is he a hero no does he have the right to be there as much as any rioter does yes does he have a right to defend himself when he is physically assaulted chased and threatened yes i don't know what the hell law law school you graduated from but it sounds like the same one that binger and lionel hutz i move for a bad court thingy you mean a mistrial yeah That's why you're the judge and I'm the law-talking guy. The lawyer. Right. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.